Welcome to the ninth episode of the Staggers View podcast. I'm Hello. joined by Jonathan Adams Hello. and Jack Howard. We'll go over the Staggies' battling draw against fellow relegation battles, Kilmarnock, as well as preview the incoming St. Mirren game. We'll debate a possible lineup for that match and make our predictions. To top it off, we'll answer your questions, as always. Well, we'll get straight into it. Uh, I know when we saw the lineup, most of us weren't too happy. Jono, especially you, when the lineup came I out, what were your thoughts? I was overly impressed. But some parts I was happy. I don't think I was happy mainly that, Vi- mainly that uh, Draper was back in the squad. Because, as we all know, him and Vigers in the same lineup can be a bit of a liability. And especially against Kilmarnock, all seems to go wrong every time we play them. But I was also happy that, I guess, Mackay and White were back in the squad after after what Shaw played like against uh, Cali the week before. All right, that's a bit of a... Because I thought... Uh... Yeah, Vigers and Draper, I suppose, but I always, I always thought it was a uh, Vigers and Tilson, uh, not Vigers, uh, Draper and Tilson. I wasn't overly convinced mm. with, with together. Um, as it turned out, we were kind of right, kind of wrong. We'll get onto the overall performance in a bit, but Jack, do you want to just add to that? And what um, yeah, um, I wasn't really too upset, but I was kind of surprised, especially Draper. I didn't really think he'd start, but is hopefully uh, see how it go out, and it turned out to be. Yeah, all right-ish, so it wasn't what I wanted, but it's what I expected. Uh, if I'm going to add to that, I was kind of... I wanted to see Draper start. Uh, I, w- I was quite surprised to see Jordan Tilson start. Uh, we know what he brings to the team. He's relatively consistent. And as we saw, Yogi was going for, for experience more than everything, and he was composed head for most of the game, so I could see where he was coming from, but I was happy to see Harry Payne come on for him later on in the game. Well, (laughs) there wasn't much uh, after that to think about because no sooner we're in the game than we're a goal down. Uh, Did you think Kilmarnock's first goal through Chris Burke was per defending or just really a really good volley or a bit of both? Um, It's a bit of both, really. Um, I think, I I I can't remember exactly, but on sports scene, they kind of had Tilson as the man who should be marking Burke. But as we saw, Burke is just free all all the time in the world. And it is a good volley, to be fair to him. But yeah, he shouldn't have that much time on the edge of the box. Yeah, the thing is, right, I think it's a, it's a great volley, right, but I think it's a pretty outrageous goal to concede, considering pretty much every one of our midfielders and defenders were just stuck in the six-yard box. So even if they don't get out to them, which they should, I'd like to see someone yeah, get through Yeah, just it. looking at it just now. It's Tilson that's supposed to be marking, and he goes into Mark Lafferty because I guess he's the big presence in the box for Kilmarnock as they go to cross the ball back in. Yeah, I think Lafferty uh, is it's like when we played Rangers, the Morello situation. We're so stuck to the main threat that uh, someone like Burke, or in the last case, it was Kent uh, a few months ago. Uh, has all the time in the world, and it's a bit disappointing to show that we haven't really learned from that. But despite the bad goals concede, we didn't uh, we didn't show any uh, tails between the legs whimpering. We got straight back into the game. Jason Naismith long ball. Mackay heads it down. And Gardine scores his first goal in about two years. Uh, and the commentators thought it was Billy Mackay. It was great to see Gardine score. How did you think the game would pan out from there on? Well, um, um, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't. Oh, no, that's fine, you go. 
Um, well, I thought you know we, I thought it'd be pretty. I thought this game is always going to be even, kind of end to end, you know, constant shot after shot. But I thought maybe we could build on that because we showed obviously good character to get back into the game, and especially after going going down so early. So I thought we could carry on, and we we did we did seem to carry on a bit, but then we kind of just lost it with the Kilmarnock scoring again. Well, the thing is, I'm just going to cut in. I think um, the goal comes from a really deep Naismith punt up the pitch. And while it worked uh, that one time, he kept trying it, even though he's a little bit further forward or whatever. He very rarely made a run up the pitch. with the And with the narrow formation we were playing, it didn't really help us. He kept trying these deep balls into the box. Uh, I thought Naismith had a bit of a pro game regardless. But yeah, he kept making these long balls into the box who just kept giving the ball away and it worked that one time but I think he should should have stopped it from there uh, it, it, it didn't help us I think it was part uh, in conceding the free kick that Pinnock got his goal from and uh, coincidentally it's Naismith on Pinnock I, I shouldn't be piling on Jason Naismith like this but it is uh, he gets way too tight to him and Pinnock can just turn him. And this is interesting because I don't hear a lot of people talking about this. I actually think Ross Laidlaw yeah. should probably do better. I what do you think about the shot itself? Laidlaw should do better with that. It's not a very... Uh, there's a lot of power in the strike, but it's not a very good placement at all. Straight down the throat of the keeper. He probably should do a lot better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. I was I was quite surprised it went in with the form Ross Laidlaw's in. Uh, brilliant keeper, but I think he should definitely do a lot, uh, a lot better there. In terms of the build-up play itself, it's just a long ball into the box. I think it's, I think it's Watson that gets under the knockdown from Lafferty and doesn't get it. And the Pinnock still has a lot to do. To be fair to him, but I think it's, I think that is probably the pro yeah. of the two to concede. It's a really good build-up for, sure for the Pinnock goal, but overall, it's a poor finish and it should be saved. Yeah, I I agree. I think it, I think we can say it's both, but I yeah. So we like the first that. goal, it's a bit of both. Bad defending, but it's also pretty good finish and build up play. Yeah, exactly. And for the re- for the rest of the half, uh, we we lost a lot of time there because we kept playing the same kind of football. Uh, we didn't really create that much apart from one Michael Guy on chance that he skewed wide on his left foot. Uh, Tremarco actually straight after had a chance where he probably should have scored. I nearly forgot about that. He had a free header. He seems to panic. He might have taken the touch. Uh, we know Carl Tremarco isn't exactly known for his goal scoring, but in terms of that chance, do you think, despite being a defender, he should do better? Um, I think he should be at least getting on target. It's kind of an awkward height for him. You know, He's kind of like thinking, do I header this or do I hit on the volley or take a touch even? So it is, it's an awkward one for him. But he should probably be getting on target at least. Yeah, I'm of the same opinion. It's a hard chance to take, but I think, yeah, should be getting on target at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, at least worth the keeper. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a commonly used saying, but I think it rings true here. Um, and we didn't really create any chances in the first half after that, apart from uh, actually, it comes from Alex Yakoviti of all players <laughs> making a driving run into the half. Playing a one-two with Billy Mackay, laying off to Mackay, who uh, puts it to Gardine, and it was the same person passing to Gardine that he did for his goal in Mackay, but he couldn't score that time. But going into half time, a-, a goal down. Were you concerned? Were you hopeful? What did you think? 
Um, it's a hard one because we had our good moments in the game, but you know, with Ross County, we can just switch off in an instant. So it was mixed feelings going into the second half and into half time. Really. Yeah, I think overall, I w- I'm not going to say I was confident because we've seen many times this season go a goal behind and there's no, I was absolutely no fight to get back up, to get back ahead and win the game, or even draw it for that fact. But I think they did did well, but I wasn't overly confident that we'd get back into the game in the second half. The thing is, this is a complete. This was a completely um, illogical gut feeling, but I I was for some reason really confident we'd get a goal back going into the half. My concern was that we'd just concede tons of goals, or well, not tons of goals, or one or two goals again because of the. the I think. Two of the only times Kilmarnock got the ball forward, they got it. They got it in the back of the net. So I was concerned going back, but going forward, I had no no qualms about our ability to score. And straight from the off, we absolutely peppered them at the start of the second half. Uh, Jordan White headed over. Uh, he hit the post. Um, I suppose what you know Draper headed just wide from the Vigers free kick. Those kind of headers can be difficult, difficult. But as a tall midfielder, do you think he should do a bit I, better? In my that? opinion, yeah, I, he should have done better. But again, it's the same with the Tremarco uh, uh, chance. It's a harder chance to take. Yeah, and we yeah, don't know true. him for his goal scoring either, Draper. He's more of a defender, defensive midfielder, more than anything. I'm not sure. I was quite surprised at Draper because usually his finishing in and around the box isn't bad. It's surprisingly good. So when uh when he failed to put that one away, I was a bit oh it could be one of those days, but um Ian Viger is a man we know and love, nearly puts on his level with the free kick when he was stepping up to take that. Did you get a little burst of nostalgia as when you were thinking about some free kicks past? Yeah, I think I think every time Viger gets a free kick and that chance, you're always thinking this could go top corner easily, but um he, he does well to get on target, but it's kind of right right height for the keeper and. No, not not really a lot of power on it, but yeah, it was decent. Yeah, decent effort, but it ended up not mattering anyway because exactly. from the corner, big Alex Yakoviti gets up. Uh, there was a, I was hearing after the game that people thought he pushed Medley, the Kilmarnock centre back. Did you see that? Because I still can't see it. Um, I was watching sports the other day, and there is like he's got his hands on the Medley's back. But he doesn't really push him. So, and even if he does push him, it's like the slightest push ever. So, it, no, there was there was barely any contact with me. Oh, yeah, no, there, there's almost nothing in it at all. He's almost just resting his hands on his back, like everyone else does in the box. Just, just keep make sure you keep on your man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the fact that I could barely yeah, see it. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a, a really weak claim from Kilmarnock fans. Yeah, and it's a good header, Iacoviti. Uh, I know it's uh, probably less than six yards from goal, but to keep his con- composure. And uh, as we all know, when Alex Iacoviti scores, you know he's going to wheel. Goes absolutely excited. <laughs> I love, I, I love it. He's he's only got three goals for us, but he, he loves a goal love when Iacoviti gets a goal. He does love a goal, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, and you can see when he goes back to the halfway line, the camera goes to him. He's taking deep breaths, <laughs> trying to calm down. <laughs> Uh, I love Yakovic. I hope we. I hope we keep him come the summer. Um, but after that, we were kind of on the back foot. What do you What do you think that was about? Do you think we genuinely did set up to 
uh, to get the point? Because that's not really John Hughes' philosophy when it comes to football. Did but did you think he came down the road knowing that if we could get a point, you know, we'd be out of the relegation zone? Did you, do you think it was him that settled for that, or do you think it was just something? I don't think it was more Hughes telling the players that look, we've, we're level now, go settle for a point. It's probably a bit of both. The players thinking that well, if we keep it as it is, we're still out of the relegation zone. And also Kilmarnock, obviously, they're going to push for a goal really badly after that. Jack? Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one because you've obviously got the risk of going for it and you're wanting the three points, but obviously, you know, there's a chance that Kilmarnock got the other end and they score and then we lose a point. So you kind of got like, you know, do we go for it? Do we not go for it? Do we settle for it? it especially in a big game as this was with a relegation battle, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. I personally, I don't think John Hughes would have set up for that. I do, I do think it was something in the players, but I think it's it, it's a decent result. But I do think it's something we need to we might uh, start to question come the end of the season if uh, worst case scenario we do go down or get the playoffs or whatever those two point, points could have mattered. I was a bit uh, disappointed. I'm not sure if we were just uh, uh, trying to stop. We've been, the past few weeks, as soon as we score, we've just been conceding straight away. So I don't know if we sat in trying to stop that with the intention of sitting in for five minutes, then going forward. But we gave uh, Kalmanik too much hope and they were just on the front foot for the rest of the game. But a substitution that did help us and got, in my opinion, probably the biggest chance of the game was Harry Payton coming on for Jordan Tilson immediately comes on, drives down the right-hand side, right past Houndstrup like he wasn't even there, cuts it back for Michael Gardine. And I know I've been asking this question a lot. Should he score? Um, yeah, he, he probably... It's, it's tough one because there's a lot of power on the ball. I mean, uh, it's very low, but I think he probably should at least be challenging the keeper with that effort. And he, he kind of scuffs it a bit wide, really, but he should be at least getting on target and making the keeper work. Yeah, I've... It's a hard one because there's a lot of power in the ball and I've played football. I know how hard it is to hit a ball that fast for the first time. But yeah, I think in my opinion, you should be at least challenging the keeper. Yeah, I know it's a it's a common one. Like uh, you play football at a school level or whatever and it's actually really hard. But I think uh, obviously oh, professional yeah, footballers... They're, they're uh, paid to do this. So obviously, I think they should probably, he should be getting that on target at least. Yeah, what I was going to say is that uh, footballers always uh, miss uh, good chances to score, even up to the very top level. But I think uh, in the position you're in and how good we know Michael Gardon is, uh, his confidence is probably sky high from his first goal. Uh, I, sorry, I think he should probably do better there. But even then, I don't think we should uh, uh, go back again. I think from that point, uh, I'm quite disappointed we didn't push on from that. And then we were just on the back foot for most of the game. Uh, we brought some more subs on. We brought on Regan Charles Cook and Jermaine Hilton, who I know we were all really excited to see after the performance last week. It just kind of um, upset the team a little bit, which I wasn't expecting. We were on the back foot even more. We couldn't really get the ball up to them. Uh, what impact do you think the introduction of those two had on our team? Um, well, I can't say it really had a positive impact because we seemed to kind of fade away and let come on and have more of the ball as before they came on and I can't I can't really remember Hilton and Charles Cook getting much of the ball to be honest so didn't have the greatest impact as or as much as an impact as I thought yeah, they were I don't think they made a really that big an impact at all and yeah like like you said if anything they made a they made the worst impact handed the game to Kilmarnock almost 
Yeah, well, yeah, John. I, I'm not sure I'd go that. Far. I, I wouldn't I think, say it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's down to the players. It's probably also down to the system they're playing in, where they're not. They're, they're being brought on as subs, so they're not going to be. They're not obviously going to straight away go onto the pitch and have a massive impact. And both of them aren't that match sharp at all just now, anyway. I think the thing is right. Uh, they came on with the narrow system didn't work against Inverness, and they came on and gave us a bit of width. But almost against Kilmarnock, it was working quite well. So I think they might have been a bit nervous of that. Also, I realised I've gone too far forward. I've missed the probably the biggest oh, yeah, the KO of this game. And Peter, yeah, and Peter, who's not on the podcast today, wishes to extend his sympathies to his beloved <laughs> Ian Vigers for his for his messed up nose. Uh, just like uh, the the bleeding nose. Do you think Carl Laff- Lafferty this time? After the elbow on Iacoviti in the first game, then Iacoviti again in the first half of the last game. Do you think finally, for another incident, Lafferty should be yeah, red? Hundred percent should have been sent off straight red. And if not, why was he not booked in the first one on Iacoviti and this been a second yellow? Jack. Um, yeah, uh, for me, it's, it has to be a red card. You can see them having a wee little niggle at first, and then Lafferty blatantly just flicks his arm back and you seen what it did to Vigers uh, his nose so it definitely wasn't a wee little softy so and especially after the one on Yakovay earlier in the game I think he should have at least had two yellows and a red if if not a straight red for the Vigers one. So I think Lafferty should have had an early bath. Yeah, the thing is right, I just wanted to say uh, you, you you two might remember in the first game against Kilmarnock in the three two yeah, a month ago I said what I said it wasn't a red card because our oh, benefit of doubt and all that. But the thing is, he's done it three t- three times in two games against us, so I'm pretty sure he does it on purpose, knowing he'll get away with it. Uh, and it's really frustrating because I think Vigers is one of our best players on the pitch up to that point. And Stephen Kelly, who hasn't had the best few weeks, I think it's fair to say, came on. And I don't think that helped us either. Uh, I think if Vigers stays on, we have a bit of a better chance of uh, winning the game. But he had to go off the t- stream of uh, blood from his nose was uh, too much to say on the pitch. And there was a little sort of five minutes maybe where we were down to 10 minutes when they were seeing if Vigers could play on. Do you think not conceding when we had 10 men on the pitch and not even conceding uh, a chance in that point where we had 10 men on the pitch shows a, a little bit of a progression in mentality and not feeling sorry for ourselves? Yeah, I suppose. It's uh, I, I guess when you have ten men, you just got to kind of go back to the wall for now and wait until you get that eleventh man back on. But we showed good character not to panic and just defend horribly, but and to, to stay solid and stay in our shape. So for the five minutes that we did have ten men, I think we played all right. Yeah, you know, I was almost men. impressed because you saw against what St. Mirren when we were down to ten men for twenty odd minutes, and you saw what ten men did to us then. Granted, it was only five minutes, but I think the team were showed quite. They were really good not to even concede a chance in that five minutes. The thing is, right, I think uh, people might see that as a uh, on the mentality thing, clutching at straws or <laughs> how we've uh, improved here. But uh, uh, I just thought it was a question we should ask because we didn't look particularly phased by that. No, I don't think, we, didn't, we didn't seem phased at all. Really. We felt like we still had 11 men on the pitch, but you know, you always know in the back of the mind, you still got 10 and anything can happen. But considering we had 10, I think we stay focused, stayed in our jobs, and we played all right. 
Yeah, and we were talking about all this, uh, all this positive county stuff. All we've shown good mentality, we're creating chances. But admittedly, Greg Kelly comes on for Kilmarnock and he gets a, a free shot, and he should probably do better. Ross Laidlaw, uh, it's straight at him. Uh, the warning signs are there, and then Chris Burke forces a save from Ross Laidlaw. So, do you think we maybe got a little bit slack towards the end of the game? Do you think that could be uh, more things to to work on towards the end of the game? And though we can see the late win to St. Johnson the other week, uh, do you think that's a, a sign of a problem to come, or do you think it's just players tired legs? I think it's just about not. I think it's more just about not settling for the draw. Like you've got, obviously, you've talked about how if we throw everyone at everyone at it to get a win, if we can see the late one. I, the team sat back, tried to accept getting a draw instead of going for all three points. And like you said earlier, those three, those two points could be decisive. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree. I don't, don't think there's much more to, more to say there. I think it's uh, the the mentality of the players can be interpreted in so many different ways that I don't. It, it might. It might. To be honest, not be fair bringing it up, but I think it's I think it is fair to uh, to question sometimes. I think they genuinely showed good mentality. Yeah, and um, I, I can get why they, I can get why they'd sit back because obviously a point a point keeps us above relegation zone and gives us the upper hand over Hamilton and Kilmarnock. So the point is absolutely vital to us staying up. But then again, getting three points would give us a massive gap between Kilmarnock and Hamilton. Right. So okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh it would have given it wouldn't it would have put us in, really in the driving seat. I know we're still above those two teams. Uh but I think that would have given us a lot of purchase on the relegation battle. And when uh your your initial feeling, uh Jono, I know you were out at the time, I think, but when you saw that it was a draw at full time and you jack as well, what was your initial thought? Were you happy? Were you a bit frustrated? Um, considering that we had gone down behind twice, you know, that we were away and that Hamilton had lost, I kind of looked at it as a point that was really good. You know, it's one further ahead of Kilmarnock and uh, Hamilton, sorry. And, you know, we, we know how many, you know, how, uh, how tight this relegation battle is going to be. So that one point could come in very uh, helpful towards the end of the season. So I, I, I kind of looked at it more positively. You know, I think negative. I saw the first half and then I didn't see the second half, but I saw the stats and obviously. And when I first saw we got the draw, I was almost disappointed because we've had we had quite a few big chances. We were all over them for massive parts of the game, and we only got a draw. But I think looking at it, looking at it back now, it's a massive point in the relegation zone. Gives us the upper hand on both Kilmarnock and Hamilton, and it, it could be decisive in the season. Yeah, I think we're definitely happier with the draw than Kilmarnock are, but I think with the amount of big chances are, I was. I was disappointed we didn't win, but at the same time, I think we take that. Yeah, we, but we, we were almost unlucky hands. to get the draw as well because you saw White, his header came off the post. If that goes in, it's a different game. Yeah, absolutely, I think. But uh, we scored We scored a few minutes later, uh, so it wasn't like there was a massive difference in time we had. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't but, like the... Anyway. It comes off the post and the players are just thinking, oh, it's not going to be our day. And then the, the mentality just goes down. They kept at it. And eventually got the goal. Yeah, I I credit the players because we've seen so many times this season we go behind. We went behind twice in this game, and if that happened a few months ago, then we were just in the bin basically. So yeah, we take. I think we take this one with both hands. 
yeah, so uh, looking forward, we usually look at our predictions, but we were caught up in our derby mm. despair during last week's podcast, and we did forget to make predictions. So uh, Prediction League will be back next week, and in that vein, we're going to preview the St. Mirren game. So is it, it's in like, 10 days, uh, 9 days, I can't count. But anyway, going into that game... Are you are you apprehensive? Are you excited? What do you think we'll get out of this? And how do you think we'll do it? I think obviously St. Mary on a good side. They've had a good season. But obviously they lost to Motherwell last week, which I think is a really poor result for them. So I don't know. If we play like we did against Kilmarnock, but for parts of the game, I think we can definitely get a positive result. It's just also about how St. Mirren come to the game. Because obviously they're going to be coming into the game with the mentality, oh, we're playing a team that's below us in the table. We should be getting the points. And they'll be looking to redeem themselves from the game against Motherwell. Okay. Jack, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm, I'm excited, I'm nervous, and um, it's a whole lot of mixed emotions for this game coming up. But like John says, the Midden won't be as confident as we would be as losing to Motherwell. And also, I know they've got a game on uh, some point this weekend. In the Scottish Cup, so yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Obviously, St. Mary are going to want to um, get their confidence back up with a win, but like you say, um, their mentality could be they're facing a, a side lower on the table, might be too confident, and like, and we're at home, so I'm confident but also nervous. Yeah, I really, I more than well. The relegation battle, obviously, but and I know the players are more clear-headed and professional than I am, obviously, but the refereeing decisions they've got against us this season have been absolutely. We went down to nine. We went down to nine men in the last home game against them, and then they got that absolute dive on a dive of penalty last time we played them. So if we beat them now, with how important it is in the context of our season, along with that, I think it'll be a little. Extra yeah, I sweet. think it's not just against us. I've seen a couple of games, and they've got some really, really soft decisions given for them in terms of penalties. I think they've had something like the second highest penalty penalties given in the whole league. Yeah, it's a pretty bizarre one. That depending on who starts, and obviously I don't watch Saint Mirren week in week out, so I'm not gonna accuse anyone of being a, a diver or whatever but I think it's clear that uh, more than a lot of teams in the league they do uh, go down for penalties because they know they have won I know he missed one against Motherwell uh, the other day but Jamie, Jamie McGrath is one of the best penalty takers in the league so how much do you think that's a factor in their general play in and around the penalty area that they know they have McGrath in their ranks it definitely could uh, entice them a bit more to try and get a soft penalty when they know they've got a penalty taker who nine times out of ten will probably score. So they definitely think, you know, if we get a soft penalty here, we're probably going to score it. So, yeah, they might be more uh, more encouraged to... Yeah, another thing I'd like to add there, uh, our, our favourite St. Mirren player, Colin Quainer, he's out for the season. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Knew you'd say that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I think in general, yeah, they're going to be more tempted to go down in the box. But I think the players we made aware of that, obviously, after the last game we played against them. So I'm, I'm just hoping, we're, just hoping that Yakoviti and I'm assuming Watson will be playing are made, made well aware of the antics around the box. 
Yeah, I think uh, John Hughes did play the more experienced players uh, last week. And, you know, the the Draper, the Vigers, the um, Tremarco over Hielda, that was a big one. He played more experienced heads. Uh, and they'll know players will be at it all game. Uh, so if the same players play next week, then I think they'll be on the lookout, especially what's been happening in the last couple of games. And Ross Draper, who played in the last home game, won't uh, like, he won't poke the St. Mirren player like he did last time. And he literally poked him and got two yellow cards for it. I don't know that, what that was about. But it was ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not going to get myself angry about that game. Uh, you two all have your lineups in front of you. Do you want to get onto the lineup we'd uh, pick? Yeah. yeah. For the game. So, obviously, we want to see uh, Joe Hill get a game at some point, but it's not looking likely at this point with the running we have. Ross Lee Longo. Yeah, for me. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, I've got I've got in my head what you've been talking about the past few days. I'm assuming you two both have back Yeah, we're pretty much, I'm, I'm probably taking yeah. a gamble and see if we've both got the exact same, all three of us. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've got, I've got unchanged yeah, back yeah, four. Yeah, Nice, McKinney, Watson and Jamarco. I've got um I've got Tremarco, Naismith, Iakovitti and Donaldson. Oh I'm gonna I I know I'm outvoted here, but I'm just gonna explain why. So I think uh Watson we have him for his stability. We know what we're getting from him. But in the past couple of weeks I think he's been just that little bit shaky. Uh for Sutherland's goal against us in the Highland Derby, he got under it. Uh he got under the ball and didn't clear it away. I think it was for was it? Yeah, it was Pinnock's goal last uh, uh, a few days ago. He gets under the ball, Lafferty gets over him, he knocks it down for Pinnock, and I know that wasn't the deciding factor in the goal. It was Naismith and Laidlaw, but uh, he has that little tendency to get under the ball and playing out for the back. He played it to Iakovitti every time to play it instead, and I think Donaldson. We know Donaldson could be a bit of a bomb scare at times, but I think he's been generally a bit more reliable uh, these past few weeks. He can play out from the back. And he's shown he can defend. And if things get, if things do get hairy, he's got a good last ditch tackle on him. So that's why I've gone for Donaldson. But uh, I'm overruled. You've gone for Watson. So yeah, I I'll think that. thinking and John Hughes mind, he's going to go for Watson. But I think you do have a valid point. Watson's obviously in the uh, Cali game. I think he was particularly poor. And against Kilmarnock, he got turned for the second goal as well. And I guess Donaldson against Cali looks really, really good. So. There's a possibility, but I'm still going to stick with Watson for this game. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll. I'll. Ju- I'm just writing it down now. I've got Tremarco. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Tremarco was one of our top performers uh, against Kilmarnock. I'd rather the experience really, uh... against St. Mirren over the uh, over Hilda. I think is. I've. I've always said. I think uh, Hilda might potentially go. Uh, maybe even straight into the Celtic first team next season. But I think with the running, we have four games to go. Experience, he's got the legs in him still. I think even though Hialdo might have a little bit more in certain attributes, I think Chamarco, he's reliable. We know what we're getting from Chamarco, yeah, so I think that's what I was saying. Okay, so we'll get onto the midfield, and this is where I think it might get a little bit com- com- uh, complicated. In fact, I'll go first because it's a bit of a weird one with me. Uh. So mine's a little bit. It's like the flexible one we played in the week. So it can be a 
a sort of a four four two, uh, four three three, maybe at times or that narrow four three one two we're playing. Uh, I'll make it a bit easier and I'll set out as a four four two. So, uh, I'll say the two in midfield first. So I did think about uh, but I think we know Vargas is a yeah. shoe in, right? Have you? So the second one I did think about, and after a bit of consideration, I did put Ross Draper because I think overall he did have a decent game against Kilmarnock. Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah, I've I agree. Yeah, but I've kind of gone a slightly different formation. Like I've kind of more of a you could look at it as a four three one two and a four one two one two or a four four two even. But yeah, if I I think I've got like a four three one two really is what I've gone for. So I've got like like you say, Draper and Vigers is two of the three with Peyton joining them in the middle three. If mine was, you could switch. If around. mine was a four three one two, that's exactly yeah. What I've I'd got. Have. The same. I've got a four-three-one-two yeah. with Vigers, and I've I've stuck with Tilson, and then I'm undecided with if Spittle's fit, I would pick him over over Tilson, and if Peyton was, and if uh, and I'm just undecided whether Peyton or Draper starting mine. Well, the thing is, right? Uh, I think uh, last week when we were talking about the Cali game, I was uh, going on and on and on about how the narrow formation didn't work. Uh, I think the problem with it is that, uh, first of all, Harry Payton, Harry Payton, John Tilson weren't in the team, and Tilson, well, while he we know him as this sitting midfielder, he's he had a few decent runs out wide when Naismith wasn't blowing, blowing forward, and Payton took it to a whole other level. He did give us that width, and against Cali, Mark, Michael Gardan didn't have a good game, so I think that stifled us more because he was the one that, even though he was listed as that man, man behind the strikers, uh, was supposed to drift wide a bit. So I think that's why it didn't work. So after a bit of consideration, I think with Harry Payton and the team, he can give us that width. And we'll get onto the front three of you like in a little bit. But so if we got in the three in midfield, we've got Vigers. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say that. Okay. I'll just write them down as we go. So I've got Draper there. And we, we know Vigers will probably take the, the sitting role for the most part. But uh, against Kilmarnock, he did get get forward a few times uh, in and around the box, put a few crosses in. But this is one I had a really hard time deciding. So I'll let you two go first. Who are your, who are your man behind the strikers? I've stuck with Gordon. Uh, yeah, I've stuck with Gordon. Okay. So... I think we've seen Hilton play in behind the striker before, and I was thinking, even though Gardine score, scored, he did miss those two relatively big chances, and I still wasn't sure. But I think if the man behind the striker is uh, drifting out left, drifting out right, I think Gardine is really, really good with with both feet. So I think even though I want Jermaine Hilton to get a start, I think I will stick with Michael Gardine. Okay. So are yeah, we all, are we all agreed, so on, agreed on that? And then I, I think the, the front two yeah. are probably. Yeah, I was saying itself, I think. That already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthew Wright and <laughs> Billy McKay. <laughs> uh, no, we've got, uh, obviously, we've got uh, Jordan White. I feel like we've. Uh, done Jordan White a little bit, sold him a little bit short in this in this podcast. I think he had a, a decent enough game. Yeah, he was on. He was on. Uh, so, 
Yeah, it was a really good header actually. He like he really had to stretch back to get get yeah, that power on it as well. He when was, I first really saw him hit it, I thought it was going miles, miles wide, but it wide, but it just kind of almost curved a bit. Yeah, it was a really good header. He yeah. was really unlucky not to score actually. So is that is that our lineup? Have you got any last minute no. uh, second thoughts, or should I just read through it? That's it. Okay, I'll read through it. So in that we've got Ross Raidlaw. Have I done it again? No, no, no. We're moving on. <laughs> we're not having another. We're not having another uh, Nathan Jason situation. Ross Raidlaw. That Ross Raidlaw. No. So on the <laughs> left back we've got Kyle Tremarkov. On the right, we have, I nearly did it again, Jason Naismith. Uh, two centre-backs, we've got Alex Iacoviti and Keith Watson. Three midfielders, we've got Harry Payton, Ross Draper, and the skipper, Ian Virus. The man in behind the striker, although we had a little bit of debate about that one, Michael Gardine, and two strikers, got Jordan White and Billy McKay. So, this is a big one. Prediction league for the St. Mary. What are you, you two thinking for predictions? Um, it's, I think it's going to be a, another N10 game. I think it might be a, a few goals. So I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. I'm going to say, I think there's going to be goals. I'm going to say 3-2. Whoa. Uh, the last time you said 3-2, you were... No, that on. wasn't me. <laughs> well, that was me. Oh yeah, I forgot it was it was Jack, not John. Sorry, Jack. I've just given someone else entirely the credit for your crystal ball. Uh, I actually haven't thought thought about it that much up to now. I was really pessimistic. Obviously, we didn't do a prediction league, but I was talking to my uncle uh, just before the game, and I actually thought Kilmarnock was were going to be as two two nil. I wasn't uh, optimistic at all. Um, in terms of Saint Mirren, we've seen them. Obviously, they're seen as this well drilled, solid team, but actually. When we played them away from home, they were a little bit open at times. Um, and I think they'll be open again because they've just lost last week. You know, they've missed out on top six. Motivation might be low. Um, but I think, obviously, they've got they've got quality going forward. You know, Doyle Hayes, McGrath, Abika, uh, and um, a man we know well, even though he hasn't been uh, on top goal scoring for him for a while. No, Lee Irwin. yeah. So I think I'm going to go, I think we might win 2-1. Yeah, I was going to say, they seem to be playing Lee Irwin a lot, which I know he's a he's a quality player at the start of the season. I, always, I was almost disappointed that we sold him because he looked really, really good in build-up play. But obviously, I don't, he's not been amazing for St Mirren this season and I've seen a lot of fans questioning why he's been getting played. Yeah, obviously we haven't seen we haven't seen him play that much ever since he ever since he went to St Mirren, but I think uh, he's been getting started really really consistently, and obviously we know with uh, it's Ross County he's probably going to score against us, but um, yeah, Irwin's Irwin's always a threat, so that's why I haven't gone for the clean sheet, and also combined with the fact we're we're Ross County we don't get clean sheets. Yeah, not not been many of them this season. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we're thankful we haven't forgotten it. We ha- it hasn't been because of a uh, rage about a bad result. We haven't forgotten about the prediction league. We'll see how accurate that that is next week. But we haven't got many questions from social media today. 